Hello, and welcome to the Vivolution podcast. Since starting in late 2016, Vivolution has been creating inspiring events for the plant-powered generation. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by plant-based thought leaders from the Vivolution stage. Today, we are bringing you a panel discussion from the Vivolution Plant-Based Business Bootcamp featuring entrepreneurs, restaurant entrepreneur Louis Blake, Robbie Lockie, director of Plant-Based News, Adam Biddle of Ghost, and interiors influencer Sarah Aquisombe. My name's Robbie. I'm the creative director and co-founder of Plant-Based News. We're an online uh, media company, uh, an entertainment company. We've been running for a couple of years now. So I'm really excited and honored to be on this panel talking about communications and media. Um, obviously, wanted to introduce you to everyone first. So on the end, we've got Mr. Louis Blake, who's the founder of Tribe Creative Agency and also an incredible three-story vegan and plant-based restaurant up in Norwich. One of the biggest in the country. Biggest? I think it is the biggest, biggest in the yeah. country. You got, one, you got one fan from Norwich <laughs> in the back there. <laughs> and... You're an entrepreneur, public speaker, run restaurant, and also helped Wagamama veganize a lot of their menu. So it's great. And obviously, <laughs> Mr. Adam Biddle as well, you've all seen his talk earlier, really inspiring and fascinating. Thank you for joining us. No worries. Founder of Ghost. Good to, good to be back for round two. I try and talk as if I'm from Bosch. Great. And give a... <laughs> I'll ask you Bosch questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got Sarah Aquisombi, who's an award-winning blogger, creative entrepreneur, interior stylist, and the founder of Noble Business School. That's me. Hi. Great. <laughs> so, um, to kick things off, obviously, um, when it comes to producing content and building brands online, a lot of people, when they start this journey, don't know where to begin. So, do you want to kick things off on how... Uh, a new business or a new brand, well, the very first thing that people should start thinking about when it comes to emerging onto this world of social media and communications? Yeah, uh, I get sent constantly new business ideas and, hey, I want to launch this, I want to launch that. And normally what they send me is the business name and the logo and that's it, mm-hmm. right? No one has ever made a business from just creating a logo. So if you're going to spend 20 years just making a perfect logo and expect to then launch a, a massive business, it's not going to work. So I think branding's important, but in terms of where do you start, I think the most important thing to start is just get a product and just get it out there. Uh, if you spend loads of time trying to get it perfect, you'll realize that nothing's ever perfect, right? And you're constantly going back and back and back. So there's a term that's used quite a lot. It's used predominantly in Silicon Valley, which is called um, MVP, which is Most Viable Product. So just work with that. Like, here's the idea, here's the concept, just go for it. Um, And a logo and a name, I don't actually believe is that important. And I'm kind of a walking example of that. Uh, The fact that probably none of you know that we even have a logo or anything like this. Adam's agency has no website, no social media presence. You can't find them. That's why they're called ghosts. They're literally invisible. Yeah, Yeah. but we have 45 clients and 30 staff. So it's... uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a business, it's not just, it's not just me, um, just let it go. So when if I ask you how to use social media... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't do it. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't do it. Right. Um, but I think the, 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 to try and answer your, the question is just, just don't f- focus too much on like name and logo. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just, do, just do it yeah. and, learn, and learn from that way. 
Um, great. Sarah? I th yeah, I think I would uh, <laughs> agree with the minimum viable product and just, get, just start, basically. Like, don't spend all your time, like, faffing around trying to get it right. Totally agree. Um, I think also you should have in mind, like, who your audience is or at least who you want them to be. And most of the time they're going to be people that are probably quite like you. But that's easy enough to say without then thinking, well, what are the qualities that, you know, I'm actually about or what are my values that are going to attract people to what I'm doing? So I think it's hard at the beginning because you can't say, oh, we'll know who your audience are because you haven't got the audience yet. But you have to think about what they would want to see from a product or a service. Um, how, you know, what would attract them to you and have a picture, you know, like when people go, draw up like a, an idea of an avatar of who the person is. This is Karen and she likes this. <laughs> um, but it is, it is helpful to have someone in mind that you are like trying to market to, I would say. Louis? I think um, initially coming, addressing, coming, knowing what problem, I address, what problem am I solving and how am I solving it? and then communicating those things. So being very clear on what the problem is that you're, that you're trying to solve for people, how you're solving it, and then be very honest in how you put that out. So I'll give you two very recent examples. Um, when building the restaurant, um, I went in there and I had not seen it for five months. It took the council that long to, they were the landlord, to give me the keys. And uh, when I went back in, it was disgusting. The floor was being were, was ripped up. There were paint was peeling off the walls. The kitchen had been gutted. It was it was a mess. And the last thing you want to go when you're going to eat somewhere, you want to go somewhere that's clean. You know, it's it's, it's nice. I documented the whole thing, and I didn't do it in a way because at the time I didn't have the budget to. But I didn't do it in such a way where I made a nice clean YouTube video. I used the resources that I had. In the start, you're not going to have a videographer or a really high tech camera. I got my phone out, Instagram story, every day for six weeks. What I found was people were coming to the restaurant we opened and said, hey, I was following this the whole way, I loved when you did this, or when you couldn't get the fridge downstairs, or when you couldn't get this in. And although it wasn't, I didn't have any the resources, everyone's got a smartphone now. You know, it's simple as document, let people in, show people what's <laughs> going on, and invite people to be part of the story. The next thing was, we'd recently put some, uh, uh, some kind of banners outside. And I was looking at it, and it just didn't look right. And I thought, how can I invite more people to be part of our, our tribe? Excuse the pun. And I basically put a picture up on, on LinkedIn and asked the question, how do you think I could make the frontage of my restaurant more engaging? 20, 30 people commented, and two or three of them actually really valuable uh, insights. But it also, I used it as a way to communicate that, hey, it's not perfect for us, I'm not perfect, and I'd love you to be part of it and join in. And when people feel part of something, they're much more prepared to, to give you a go or give you a bit of benefit of doubt. So I say at the start, don't worry too much about being an expert. Just be clear on the problem that you're trying to solve and also clear in the way that you're doing, it, doing that. And be very honest in how you document that and put it out there. One of my favorite quotes is, um, I've completely forgotten his name, is the founder of LinkedIn. And he says, if you're not embarrassed of your first launch, you've launched too late. Mm. And, I find, <laughs> and I find like a lot of people I know who keep asking me, how do you start a business? What do you, where do you begin? But people spend far too much time worrying about what they should be doing mm. rather than just letting it flow and just getting on with the idea. I think to follow on from that point, if you look back on your business uh, and look back in like six months and go, God, what I was doing was terrible, then you also know that you're growing. Mm. 
yeah, think the same, the same, the progress, right? right? So a lot of people say that you know business is about failure, yeah. and that if you if you become overwhelmed by failure, yeah. you you ultimately don't move forward because obviously after every failure you learn and you yeah. grow and you develop. That leads me on to the next question: is about creativity and ideas. They're the lifeblood of what we do. So where do you guys get your ideas from? Your creativity, Louis? Problems. Simple as that. And we're so fortunate in in the vegan world that every day we come across problems. I went into the shop and there was no sandwiches. I went into this and there was not this. I couldn't eat here, I couldn't do this. It's as simple as making a list of problems and then look, okay, is this problem already being solved? If not, can I solve it in a way that's, that's more convenient for people, that's more cost effective? And essentially just building out a list of problems. And I, th I think it's also a problem is that people get so caught up on having an amazing idea mm -hmm. without realizing that it's actually about the person that's, that's delivering the, uh, the business. It's not all about the idea. So I think it's about investing time in, in you as a person, make it keep documenting which problems you come across, and eventually it will come up. And not forcing it. Don't consider, right, I need to think of a business idea, I need to think of a business idea. Document what problems you have. And that's all business is, is just solving problems. Mm -hmm. So when you have that list, start thinking about creative ways that, that the problems can be solved. Find out if other people are having the same problem. If they are, the chances are it's a business. Typically, the rules that I have it for it are, is it a problem that many people have? Will it still be a problem in five years? Because it has to be future-proof. And is it being solved already? If it is, how could I improve upon it? Or is there a different way that I, that I could do it? So that's, that's for me, that's how I would go about it. Sarah, where do you get your inspiration from? TV, movies, like... Um, I think I agree in that, like, you have to find something that you're passionate about in terms of when you're starting a business, but then how you go about solving those problems, you do need to be creative. And I think, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a completely creative person, so I go to the arts. So I'll, you know, look at TV, look at movies. I look at what people in other industries that are really successful are doing. And I think that's sometimes a really interesting way to, like, transfer something that works really well over there and how do I apply it to me. Like, my husband is obsessed with basketball and he's obsessed with this player called LeBron James. I, I mean, obviously... Some of you might know who that is. I don't know. Everyone um, should know LeBron James, man. He just literally signed sort of the biggest know. sports deal in the world. Yes. He's told me all about it. <laughs> to my joy. Um, but he, he was watching this thing the other day, and it was all about how LeBron James is, like, obviously the best in his industry because he's got all these amazing people, like experts, like an expert masseuse, an expert PT, an expert this person, blah, 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 all around him. And that's exactly how he keeps up that level of like perfection or whatever you call it um and i thought that was really interesting and i was like that can just be applied to so many different industries you don't need to be an athlete to have that level of you need to have those expert people around you that can help you bring ideas to life so i love kind of looking at how other people in other industries have done things and lending from those ideas and your inspiration obviously as an agency and yeah. A creative, it's all about inspiration and ideas. How yeah. do you guys keep innovating? And Just keep steal on? from everybody. <laughs> Ooh, Honestly, that makes it my is heart the, 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 there is, if anyone can show me right now a unique post they've done on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, you're a liar. Period. There's n there, is, there is nothing that you can do that's unique from a content point of view. It will be inspired by something else. So if you're taking a selfie, did you invent the selfie? No, you didn't. Right? If you're taking a, a food shot and it's top down, you look at Bosch, you look at BuzzFeed Tasty, you look at what HelloFresh are doing, you look at loads of videos, they're all predominantly the same style video with a slight tweak. That's all it is. Um, so I think 
creativity is extremely hard to teach as well. So if you're running a business and you don't feel creative, then hire someone. So I run a, an agency that makes loads of video content, that makes loads of design assets. Can I use a camera? I have zero idea how to use a camera. Literally zero idea. I have no idea how to use Photoshop. So I've got a creative director and I've got a director of production. But I've got ideas, but I don't know how to execute them. So I think a big part of when you're looking at making anything is you have to look at yourself first. And if you can't run up loads of ideas, like you were saying there, if you can't walk into a shop and go, right, no sandwiches, there's a business in this. If you can't think like that, then you have to look at other people that can help you do that. I think it's doubling down on what you're good at and then looking to hire in to, to yeah. do, do what you're not. And yeah. in the early stage, if you don't have the opportunity, can you look, if you have no money, for example, can you do a skill set exchange? There's other ways around it, you know, it's at least in the interim to get by. Um, you, you have to be creative, especially at the start when money is an object or you don't have the, uh, you know, the, uh, the people around you. It's finding ways to kind of hack that. On that point of creating content, how do we, you say obviously steal other people's ideas, but take the idea and how do we make it unique? How do we stand out from this yeah. kind of you know, uniform, uniformity? How do we create individuality in our brand and our product? How do we make ourselves stand out? That comes down to looking at what your brand is and what it represents. So I was speaking to someone, um, I can't see them, maybe they're upstairs, um, speaking to someone today about it, and we were looking at their product, and they basically um, run a shop. Um, we were literally going, right, all of the content you put on Instagram doesn't look like it's unified, therefore take a space in your bedroom or your, or your kitchen or wherever it is that looks like this, get seven different backgrounds that are all neon colors, right, and then shoot everything on that. Within, within literally, what, a week, you'll have an identity. Mm -hmm. And it will cost you all of 10 quid from Hobbycraft. Just think of something really wacky and just run with yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah, I with, think. With interior design, Sarah, mm. like you, you, you've talked about people needing to find their own identity and yeah. all these magazines and all these things out there telling us who we should be and what we should look like and what we should wear and yeah, how we should dress our homes. How do we help people? find their own identity? Um, I always say, like, just completely avoid trends. Like, as soon as the word trend is mentioned in something, I'm just, like, not interested. I think we're so much more than trends, and trends are just basically created to sell our stuff we probably don't really need. And I think, yeah, if you, ta if you really do the work and tap into who you are... I mean, this is on an in interior design perspective. If you tap into who you are as a person and what your personality is about, things that you're actually drawn to and uh, attracted to, even though you can't necessarily articulate why, that's part of you and your style. And I think how you approach your brand, how you approach your business is exactly the same thing. Like, the people behind the business, now more than ever, are so important as to what makes a business individual and unique and stand out. And when it comes <coughs> to standing out, there's tweets, there's Facebook posts, there's videos, there's articles, there's digital downloads, there's so much stuff that we can do as content creators and brands. What are some of your top tips for creating stuff that's really going to get people sharing and liking and clicking? I think it's down to reverse engineering the needs of your audience. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at perhaps, say your, your product is suited to people that are retired, for example, typically they're going to have more time to sit there and consume what you're putting out. So you can maybe look at longer form. Where are they going to be viewing it? What platforms are they using? If you're looking at younger people that are on the go, that want on-demand content, perhaps it's going to be bite-sized, not as long, very obvious what it is, very easy to consume quickly. So I think first and foremost, like Adam said, it's who are, who are you selling to? Who are, your, who are your audience? Then once you know that, think about 
think about what, how much time they have, think about where they're looking, think about what they're into, and then base it around that, obviously specific to your product, your service, or whatever you're looking to do. Adam? Uh, stunts <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a really thing, simple way of doing it. I don't mean jump out of a building on an aeroplane, whatever. Um, just a, a stunt in, in, from a PR point of view. PR is predominantly driven around stunts. Paint yourself pink and run down the high street naked kind of thing. Yeah, great. If you're, if you're launching a, I don't know, a, 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 I can't think of a brand that would be covered in pink or whatever. <laughs> But I was speaking to, I'm not going to give away the, I was speaking to Adam, um, not, not me, not myself in the mirror, speaking to, to, <laughs> to Adam just over here, he's a PT, and I'm not going to give away the, the stunt that we come up with in case someone else is a PT in the room and, and takes it. Um, but literally having a back and forth conversation, we come up with this idea that was just like, well, why don't you do that? Because it will gain attraction, it will gain attention and it will gain attraction to what you're trying to do. So any kind of stunt, and it doesn't have to be something that's physical, it can be online. For the next X days, I'm going to do the following and see how it changes, or I'm going to do something else. Um, yeah, stunts. Think about how you can put stunts into your content. That's a great idea. Is there any tips for individual um, content? I just think authenticity, really. Like, the reason that I think people like what I do is just because I'm kind of no bullshit and I just say wh whatever I think without much of a filter. Um, I think you just got to be authentic to who you are or what your brand represents and just try and you know, if you're looking at what other people are doing and you're trying to like mimic that or that person's got that many followers or they've just made a big splash because they did that and you try and mimic it, it just never has the same impact. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to impact, obviously when we start small, got small followings on social media, should we be putting money aside for ad spend on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram? If we have a small pot of money, where should we be putting that money to help kind of push what we are creating mm. forward, and should we be doing that at all? It's a, ad, ad spend on social media is a really trick one, which I mentioned earlier, and I was speaking to someone over lunch as well. I can't, I can't see them in here, but they've got a product that's not nationwide. Mm -hmm. uh, and they asked me, we've got X budget, where should we spend it? And I said, are you being stocked? And they're like, yes, we're being stocked. And I was like, as nature intended, planet organic. Uh, and I said, you should spend it in store. Don't spend it on social media. Don't even worry about social media for right now. Spend it in store because People that are going into those stores are your natural audience straight away. If I'm, because I shop in As Nature Intended because I'm vegan, organic, and into all that shit, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I go there. I don't go to Tesco's. Mm -hmm. um, so that's your core audience. So rather than trying to spend on social media where it's predominantly a mass participation and even scalable, if it's targeted, I think even if it's targeted because it's so niche. Their product, right, is only available in As Nature Intended and Planet Organic in London, mm -hmm. right? So therefore, that's extremely niche already. Mm -hmm. Then it's a vegan product, right? And it's a ready-made meal. Mm -hmm. All of those points would ladder down to like, are you vegan? Do you live near a, as nature intended? Do you want a ready-made meal? Are you hungry now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so we, we have three people that's are hungry. Based, that's based <laughs> on just sales, though. But in terms of a wider brand awareness. Yeah, but if they've only got a small amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. If they've only got a small amount of money, yeah. and you're doing big brand awareness, and I'm seeing it in Manchester, I'm like, I don't give a fuck yeah. about this product. It's not relevant for me right now. If it's a nationwide, then yeah. awareness is essential. But when, but when you're only distributed in a certain place, mm -hmm. you've got to think, if I'm walking into a store right now and it's two for one on a product and it's a, and a vegan ready meal, I'm grabbing it. Why the hell, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I think it's down to the quality of what you're putting out as well. Like if you're putting ad spend behind 
a terrible piece of content, and naturally you're not going to get value for money. <laughs> Whereas if you've done something that's which which you see all the time, people just think, you know what, I'm going to tick that box. There's twenty pound behind that ad. Mm, I'm doing social that's media change ads. My life. That's the mentality. Whereas if you're doing something like say like a stunt, you think, you know what, actually I'm going to hack this a little bit. Putting putting spend behind something like a stunt where it is tar- it is targeted. Again, I, exa- we're some. I'm, I'm actually aware of the audience. I spoke to Damien as to not everyone here is from London. In fact, most people don't live in London. And I think it's also being very aware of where you are and certain functions perform better than other places. So in Norwich, as Mike will attest, no businesses there really do social media or ad spend, right? So in Norwich, we can get a hell of a lot of traction for a very, very small amount of spend. In London, it's very saturated. You're competing, you're competing for the same attention. So look at it. Okay, where is the most undervalued attention? Or everyone online, don't do print, don't do print, don't do print. Well, you know what? Actually, there's instances where print is very valuable because flyers have been cheaper to print. If it's got a very, very good grabbing, measurable piece of information on the flyer that you can actually track, it's highly effective. For me, in one of my businesses, the Football Academy, the best thing I've done this year is a print of an individual player card, which is like a FIFA card, right? The kid has their scores on there. They're going to take that, show all their friends at school, all the parents hear about it. Next week, everyone books in the, books in the session. So it's, it's, don't get bogged down by expert one saying this. Look at where you are, where your business operates. Look at the area and take much more of a specific look at how it, how it affects you and where you are as opposed to a generalized kind of viewpoint. I think it's entirely dependent on where you're operating and what kind of product it is. The, that, that kind of ladders into the hardest thing about marketing now is that there's so many ways you can market. Yeah, yeah. And if you're, depending on what budgets you're, you're working with, it is a little bit daunting. You look at that and you go, whoa, flyers still work, print still works, TV still works, online, digital banners still work, social media still works, yeah. door-to-door salesmen still, like everything still works and mm-hmm. it's still relevant. So it's trying to work out yourself with the money you have, with the knowledge you also have, how can you get the maximum ROI on what you're doing in media? But when you start a small business, you don't have graphic design skills, you don't have Photoshop, you don't have, you know, all these, you don't have a team behind you. No. You know, branding is such an important part of convincing the customer that what you want to sell is worth picking up or consuming or whatever. How do people in, the, in that very early stage make sure that the branding is clear, that what they're offering the customer, it's... Ask people, people get it. Ask people. I think people are so scared about asking, asking people in... in for worry of feeling amateurish. If those people are your customers, ask them. Ask friends and family, ask people close to you. Ask people that aren't close to you. Get honest feedback, particularly in the beginning. Go out and out, go out, and go out to, if, to, the, to events that have a concentration of those kind of people and ask them the question. Put it to people. Mm-hmm. You, and you can, when you get very, very close to what you do, it's very difficult to have a, uh, uh, a good perspective on it because you're so close to what you do. I think, it's, I think just, just don't be humble in what you're doing and be prepared to ask people, be prepared to accept that you're not the final article, that you are going to ha- you know, mm. have to potentially reposition what you're doing or, or, or change it. Or but I think again. when you ask people as well, you have to be careful about how you do it because a lot of people are really scared to like, upset you or whatever, so they'll always just be like, oh, yeah, it's so great, it looks amazing. But if you actually say to people, like, how could I make this better... Or what is one thing you could suggest that I do to improve this? Then they don't feel like it, they're going to offend you either. They feel like you're asking for mm-hmm. the feedback, basically. So I think right. 
Yeah, the best so thing the is definitely to talk to people. The questions really matter. If you're going to do market research. Yeah, don't just go, your, do you like this? Frame your questions. Yeah, don't go seeking approval. Yeah, exactly. Go for looking for solutions yeah. to the problems. And that give them like a safe space to do that yeah. where they're not worried that they're going to offend you. Yeah. I think on the, on, the, on the branding point as well, there are so many amazing young people that can make stuff. Mm. Right? I think that's another, that's another thing. Like, there's so many big agencies. If you're in the agency land, there are agencies that have so much money, offices that are seven times the size of this, doing all sorts of shit. Their biggest competition is Sarah, who has just got a camera and has just finished a media degree in Bournemouth and can make video content for 300 pounds. That's who I'm shit scared of. I'm not, I'm not scared of BBH and big, big agencies because they're not competition to me. Competition to me is someone coming out of Bournemouth Uni right now that's done a media degree and can arguably make content as well as me. So they're out there, you just gotta try and find them. Bournemouth Uni is a really good one, I've hired those people from Bournemouth Uni. Well, that answers my, <laughs> that answers my next question, where can you get free resources? Yeah. <laughs> there are cheaper resources. Yeah. I think looking, um, at, looking at universities that are, that are big in um, creativity and Bournemouth is, Bournemouth is one of them. Um, if we don't have loads of money uh, when we start, which is f the case for most entrepreneurs when they begin, like we've got logos, websites, videos, blogs. Like, what's the kind of for you for you guys? What's the most important thing you need to start with? Like when it comes to communications. I had a really good chat actually, but just before this about I think it's a massive asset to not have loads of money. I feel very very fortunate. I've started all my businesses without any money because you have to be so creative in how you get things done. Yeah. And I think they're the core skill sets about being an entrepreneur is actually working with next to no budget and, and, and going out and, and hacking ways of doing things, and that's where the skill sets develop. What's most important is, is getting started. It's like we said, actually going out, taking action and getting started. You can sit in your, in your bedroom or on your kitchen table writing out ideas for mums and mums and mums, reading the books. Take a start, fail. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're all sat here, probably all of us have, have, have multiple failed businesses. It's very rare to come across an entrepreneur that's, that's succeeded in their first business. So go out get in the field, do it, fail, do it. Actually put yourself out there and take action on it. Don't spend too much time doing meticulous planning. Go and take action. For me, it was seven or eight businesses of failing, like eight or nine years. Great, learn loads, brilliant. You know, if, you, if I wouldn't have taken action on like that, turn around pissing around, wait, waiting to do it, nothing would have nothing would came of it. So I think it's getting out there and doing it, for sure. Mm. Same for you guys. I think, yeah, uh, following on from that, I think the biggest fear that people have is about getting judged by like other people and they know that they've got this great idea, they want to put it out there, but they're kind of like, oh, I'm worried that like it's not going to go exactly how I want and then this person's going to think this, especially in the day of social media, Instagram specifically. You know, that person just launched and they did amazingly and now what about me? And I think you just, I was saying to one of the girls when we were chatting earlier that like being an entrepreneur challenges you to really face up to every single shitty thing that you're, you're like scared of and you're worried about doing, it will bring it all to the forefront. So you've just got to kind of work on that as much as you can and just keep taking those little steps, little steps and only compare yourself to yourself and what you're doing and are you progressing, are you getting better? And... I mean, I'm a big advocate for like, I think every single person should have counseling and have therapy to like get past all the blocks and the barriers that are gonna hold you back mm. from starting your business. Fear does hold us back. Oh, it? massively. Yeah. And judgment, it's always judgment. What if this person says this? What if my dad thinks this? What if, and it's crazy. Like we don't wanna let other people like hold us back from doing what we wanna do in life. 
Yeah, absolutely. Shall we ask the audience some questions? Any questions from anyone? Uh, I come from, from a digital marketing background, but I know quite a few of you have started businesses purely offline, or I think at least purely offline. How do you actually do that, like make connections and build a business from, I guess, not using your online world? Is that Because obviously I know, like, ghosts and such, so you don't have any online presence. Yeah. So it's the the journey of ghosts is quite is quite a long one. It it, it looks far more sexy than what it actually is because um, it's nine years of hell, um, <laughs> which brings me to this seat now. Um, but but it, the business was so the business has always been online, but the business works offline. We're a service, right? If you're an agency, you're a service. You serve a client, you get paid for that. It's the essence of of, of what an agency does. Um, and it all, it all kind of came from just getting like right place, right time, right, and right dedication. I think that's one important part of, of, of business is you don't actually have to be that good, right, with your business. You just gotta be more dedicated than the person next to you. In, in, in my opinion, like I left school with nothing, had no idea what I was doing. My sister's an A-star doctor. I was making more money than her when I was 21. Because I was just like, fuck this, I'm gonna be better than everybody else. Like, not massively intelligent, but had that dedication. Um, so I think it's, it's so, some of these questions are so good, but they're so hard to answer. Yeah, they're new ones. Because there's, there's not a, yeah, without knowing exactly what business you're trying to do, all those kind of points, but you'll never see someone who has not had money. So for example, if you, I think all of us are self-made to some, to some degree, um, that hasn't been dedicated. If you've been given 100 grand to start a business, then it's kind of like, oh yeah, sweet. Like, throw this on Facebook, bit of this over here. You, but if you've got to make it from, from, from the start, dedication. Like, literally, my first, when I was made a director of, a, of an agency that was owned by William Morris Group, I did not take one day off in a year, and I worked 12 hours every day. Simple. If you're, if you're not willing to do that, then don't complain if, you're, if your business ain't working. As, as horrible as, as bad as that, as bad as that sounds, <laughs> but it is. But it is true. It's Everyone, true, I, I, I do so many lectures in universities, and she was going to be like, oh, "I want to be just like you." I'm like, "Cool, willing to sacrifice your love life, right? Willing to sacrifice Tinder, willing to sacrifice getting fucked up and drinking, willing to sacrifice every single thing you like and work every single day for two years. Are you willing to do that? No. Well, maybe you won't be. I think. <laughs> you know, I'm being brutally honest. Following, up, following, up, following on from that, I think. Doing what the person next to you wouldn't do. So again, I can relate to that in the sense that when I was 16, I same left school, didn't know what I wanted to do. Knew, what do I love doing? I love football. So I volunteered for two years coaching kids football, tying kids' shoelaces up, opening packets of crisps, picking cones up for coaches. That's three my years, life as a mum. Three, <laughs> three, you know, three years later, I own a football academy. But I put two years into learning it from that route. Go all the way back, the next thing you want to do something, the answer is do it for free. Simple as that, do it for free. No one's gonna turn you down. There's a company you wanna work with, they haven't got a budget, cool, I will do your marketing for free. Let me show you how good I am. Be so good that when after three months you say, do you know what, I'm gonna need you to pay me something now, they can't say no, because you're that good. Or if you're not that good, you've had three months experience learning, do it for somebody else, yeah. do it for somebody else. And if you're not prepared to do it for free, you don't want it enough. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I worked as an intern for free for eight months and have done a lot of celebrity clients for free to put on my roster to then be able to get other clients. Um, and one of them I did for free for six months and then afterwards has paid me and has paid me since for four years. Mm. Prime example. 
Yeah, you've got to have the passion to start. When I first came, I was born in Zimbabwe. When I came to England when I was 19, I had no university degree, no skills, nothing. I taught myself how to use Photoshop. I sat down one afternoon and knocked out a whole bunch of flyers for, for club flyers that I kind of like made up off the internet and then went to a couple of clubs and said, oh, I can do club flyers and went from club to club to club. And before I knew it, six months later, I was doing all the club flyers in my area and you know, I ended up working in agencies and becoming a graphic designer just because I decided I really wanted to do it and I was going to not let anything stop me. So, yeah, determination. Yeah. Mm. Any other questions? Any questions about Facebook, social media? How do you find that balance of uh, investing time in communications and then actually in strategy and sales and everything? Like, like because you, you are experts in communications and I often feel that 80% of my time goes in social media and then the other stuff of growth and scaling is actually lacking. Like how, like how would you suggest me to achieve that kind of balance? Document. Don't think, don't get too hung up on creating, creating stuff. Just document what you're doing. And if there is a junior member or an intern or whatever, have them document what you're doing and use that. And then once you don't have, have all this documentation of stuff that's been going on, pick out the best bits and use that. Spend time, spend time on it. It's important, you know, putting message is important, but don't get too hung up on, I've got to create this amazing thing that I saw on here. I think especially in the early stages when time is of the essence. It's a case of document, not don't get too hung up on really having to create this amazing content. Uh, a way that we do it for clients to make things cost effective is you do shoot days. So you do one day and you make as much content as you possibly can mm. in that one day. And then that should survive you for a period of time. Yeah. It also makes it more cost effective as well, because if you're hiring a, so you go to Bournemouth Uni, find some kid that can make an amazing video, <laughs> hire, hire out your mate's kitchen and say, we'll give you loads of free food. Make as many food videos as you possibly can in one day. There you go, you've got content that might last you two weeks. It's a skill set exchange, isn't it? You play everyone off against each other, yeah. everyone wins yeah. from something, yeah. and you can do it with no budget. We yeah. do that, it's brilliant. Yeah. If that doesn't work, create an agency like Ghost. <laughs> right. I think Start pimping out Bournemouth Uni kids. Scheduling as well. <laughs> Scheduling content is also your friend. There's, there's various apps like Buffer, Sprout Social, loads of tools where you can, like, you, like Adam said, spend, dedicate a fixed amount of time of your week to schedule stuff out. So on plant-based news, all our channels and all our platforms, everything's scheduled. So we, we don't, we're not, you know, when you see stuff going out on social media, that's not someone there every two minutes putting something out. Everything is scheduled in blocks. So we put, we put focused energy for one or two hours, all the posts go in, and then this software buffer or Spark Social, whatever you want to use, fires it all out. And that's how we're able to be 24 hours as well. So. Stuff's because our audience is global, so we, we have yeah. to make sure that we're feeding the beast 24-7. Yeah. And I couldn't be up <laughs> for 24 hours a day putting stuff into social yeah. media. Any thoughts on that, Sarah? Um, I would just say content production becomes a lot easier when you find it fun. So get back to like what you originally found passionate, like what your original interest was and your passion was about the business that you're doing. And if you find it fun, it's so much... Like, I, it's funny, when you said that, I was, like, thinking about it, and then I was like, I don't ever think about the content I'm putting out because I just love doing it, so it doesn't ever, like, feel like work. But I do have to do what you're saying, which is 
make sure that I set aside a certain time of the week or like one day for the whole month where we just do like strategy processes, all the boring stuff that I'm not excited about. Well, strategy maybe, but um, yeah, just be good with your time. Like make sure you're allocating specific time to it. But I get very excited about posting on social media. <laughs> or find yourself a co-founder or someone to work with you, if you do, especially if you're doing it alone. So with us, it's myself and Klaus, and I'm more the strategy and business side of things currently. But ultimately, I think if you have more hands or people on your team mm. to delegate things to, I think sometimes when it, when it comes to being a founder, you want to try and do everything all on your own because you want to sign off everything. But I think, you know, someone gave me some really good advice the other day. They said, if you want a successful company, find people who are better at your job than you and give them the work and trust them to get on with it and let them get on with it and don't micromanage them. And, and then, you know, if obviously things go wrong, then you, you'll figure it out. But try and let go of some stuff. That's important. Any other questions at the back? Um, So how much um, of a reflection do you think your brand should be of you? Um, We touched on it a little bit earlier. um, Now how much is it for you guys? Again, I think it's dependent upon what the the brand is. Um, In terms of, I can only talk about Ghost, I didn't really use social media myself. And I'm probably the one person that's built three businesses on social media that actually hates social media. Um, and I talk quite openly about the negative impact social media is having on quite a lot of people as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, so, so tricky. If you're a lifestyle blogger, it's all about you, right? If you're a food business, maybe, it depends. I think um, it all depends on how big you wanna make the business. Because if you want to sell something, so if, you, if, you're, if you're building a business that you want someone to buy, it can't be about you, right? It can't because then they will never buy it. Um, and if it becomes too much about you, then you have an Apple situation where Steve Jobs leaves Apple, Apple's never going to be the same again. Mark Zuckerberg leaves Facebook, everyone will start worrying about Facebook. So again, it could be a power move. Mark Zuckerberg's very smart, so he's probably doing his profile to make it bigger. So he never has to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, tricky question in my opinion. I think it's a balance. Um, like I said, if, if it's all about you, the minute you step away, you know, if it's, if it's centered around you as the individual, when you step away from it, say you go away for six months, to people still visit that, visit that business. However, can it be a reflection of you inspired by you? Of course. It's very hard to be passionate about something that you look at and think, it looks nothing like what I do. Mm-hmm. I think people that know me and my friends can look at my brand and be like, it's clearly your brand because it's got something that I like, the, you know, the style that I like or whatever. However, no, some, someone that doesn't know me wouldn't necessarily know that I'm connected to it. But I think it has to be kind of a, a, an expression of you for you to feel passionate about it, or at least for me as an individual. It all depends on, again, knowing yourself. For me, I have to look at it every day and feel excited about what I'm doing. If I'm not excited about what I'm doing, I, I don't want to work on it. So I think it's down to you as an individual. But for me, any brand or any business that I have I have to kind of, it has to be an expression that, that I've put into it because I'm a creative person and that's what I like. like. I've got business partners, co-founders that don't, couldn't give a shit. So it's entirely dependent on you, I think. But there's nothing wrong with you taking your inspirations and channeling that into how a brand looks whatsoever. I think it's a good thing. Mm. That's all we've got time for. Thanks very much for joining us. It's been great. Cool. It's been a few months since we launched this podcast and, well, we want to hear from you, our listeners. 
Do you like the talks from our events format? Would you like to see more conversational pieces like roundtable discussions? If you have any suggestions, email damian at vvolution.co with your thoughts and ideas. As always, thanks for listening to this episode of the Vvolution podcast. If you enjoyed this talk, please leave us a favourable review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next time, take care and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you.